What's up, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to a new episode of Lattes with Lindsay. Today's special guest is a kinesiologist. His name is Malik, and I'd love for him to really explain what kinesiology is and what the benefits are and, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the profession. Thank you for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. For what to know about me, I feel like kin or kinesiology started for me like way before I even knew what the word kinesiology was or how to spell it. Um, for me, I just, <laughs> being a kid, I always just like played sports and something that always blew my mind was that I'd be doing something and I would have a coach and be like, just do this little bit of thing different and my game would improve drastically. And I remember being probably about 11 years old playing baseball and I was looking at a row of houses beyond the field and I was like, if I did everything perfectly, like all my mechanics were on point, would I be able to hit a ball over those houses? And that was kind of just kicking points, just understanding the human body and just like that curiosity. And from there, I found out what kinesiology was in high school and I applied to Kin and I went to the University of Wolf Humber. And I think that program just really took things to another level for me. It was very small, very hands-on. And one of the coolest parts of it was first year, first week we work in a cadaver lab. No way. So you take all the theory. Yeah. So it was really cool. So you take all that theory they learn about in a textbook and then you're in the lab looking at real bodies right away. So right from the beginning, everything I've done has been applied. And yeah, Kim has just wow. been this whole thing for me. I'm just like, I wonder what it could be. And in the beginning, I remember first year, our profs were like, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. And I was like, it's a lot of options. I don't know. Um, <laughs> There's so yeah, many avenues. <laughs> by the time I went through fourth year and I had a couple of placements and I had a few experiences, I was like, this is really cool that I have the opportunity to do so many things under this one title being a kinesiologist and from there my career has just been like lots of different places yeah oh yeah like you can expand like crazy with your with your yeah. field it's it's insane it can be like yeah. a base for something or you can just yeah. grow with it that's what were you were you an athlete like during school at all I just played the Breck sports like growing up I played competitive baseball and hockey and then by the time I got to university I was like okay I'm not the most elite person in the world but I do love elite <laughs> sports and it's cool to see how you can make small changes to the human body and then take that to another level of performance. And even just the scope of a kinesiologist, it's anything that has to do with the movement in terms of rehabilitation, improving quality of life or performance. So it's so broad that across the spectrum, you can do a lot of things. And one catchphrase I always tell to our interns is a kinesiologist can help somebody no matter where they are on the spectrum of health to performance. So if you are an injured person, you can look at what cause, the injury not this that you hurt so yeah your knees hurt but is your knee pain actually coming from your hips or your ankles so let's go after that if you're someone who's just looking to improve your quality of life from an everyday standpoint it's okay let's think about how we can make sure you're strong so that you can play with your kids you can play your recreational sports and you just feel good about the body that you're in and if you're that elite athlete you can take all those principles of biomechanics um exercise prescription and take that athlete who's at that 99th percentile and kick them up one percent with all those little physiological things so it's pretty cool. All That's the things you can dope. Do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You can really apply that to everyone, yeah. which is really cool. So do you, do you find that um, with your profession, like you can really take your experiences with some athletes or the general public and really apply it to the further, like your um, knowledge, I guess, for your future clients? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's pretty unique. So for me, what I do is kind of like three parts to what I do. So I work in a sports clinic. And in that sports clinic, I do a lot of rehab with athletes. 
um, and general population too. And my big thing is always, like I said before, it's like not that you're hurt, it's why are you hurt? So let's look big picture and not, let's not just lie you on the table and do lots of soft tissue and lots of modalities. Let's get you up and moving because people get hurt while they're moving. So it would be a big disservice to be like, okay, here we go. Work you out, stretch you out, did some soft tissue, good to go see you in a week. Let's now let's take a step back and figure out what do we need to do to make sure that your body has a resilience to keep going and not come see me every every other week to work on the same thing. So it's one part of what I do. Um, another part of what I do is I'm a strength coach. So we also have a gym in our facility. So I work with a lot of athletes. Um, primarily it's hockey and track, but I get a lot of things in between and it's doing the strength and conditioning for them. It takes all those principles of rehab. So like I see a lot of athletes get hurt this way. Let's program that into your strength training so that we can avoid getting to that place sort of there. And then the third thing I do, I work as a sport therapist. So almost like the same capacity as an athletic therapist. A lot of people are familiar with that term. Um, but I do it as a kinesiologist and I've been working with Rugby Ontario for the last three years. Sick. So I've been on tour with them. Yeah, <laughs> it's been pretty cool. Uh, I've been on tour with them across Canada to the States. Um, I even went to New Zealand the past December with the Canadian team. What? For, uh, yeah. That's so on my bucket list. Seeing, yeah, so it's, it's a pretty cool place. And it's just seeing like at that high performance level, how do we do all your warm-ups, your cool-downs, your mobility to make sure you can keep repeating your performance in the span of a week. And when you do get hurt, how do we take all the principles of rehab that usually have a couple weeks, so a month to do, and we have 18 hours before you're back and playing again, or we have two hours before you're back on the field again. Oof. So it's that accelerated version of the same process. So each piece kind of plays into the next one. So it's a lot of fun to kind of operate in different spaces, but still be can you see all just under it all yeah that's a wicked blend like that's and and you said it perfectly yeah. because you know with each of those levels you get to kind of blend mm -hmm. them together and, and gain that experience mm -hmm. and oh yeah like it's athletes yeah. are so eventful because they put you in the most challenging yeah. positions and uh, but that makes oh, you a better yeah. therapist so that's that's wicked for sure how long have you been yeah. uh, a kinesiologist so i graduated in 2017 and my fourth year placement for university turned into my job and i started off as a, a Cairo assistant and as the company grew i grew with it and then it's just all these things came along with it so it's been pretty that's cool sweet. the progress and even when I, I remember being how was i same time like that baseball thing happened i was probably like i was probably around grade six um just watching sports i would see athletes get hurt all the time and be like and every time an athlete got hurt somebody would like run across from out of the screen into like the center of the screen i'm like where that person is i want to be that person that kind of helps athletes and in that process i found sports therapist and my first so i graduated in april and of 2017 and, and i think it was would have been around august august or so or maybe not maybe it was in the, within the first year of me graduating <laughs> It's all blur. <laughs> it's all blurring together. But within the first year of me graduating, um, I went to Vancouver with the rugby team, rugby Ontario team. We made it to the finals and we played out a BC place out of, in front of thirty thousand fans. Uh, That's a lot of people. Yeah. Then, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, and then one of our athletes got hurt, and I was like, "Now it's me." So it's like run across the field and do the thing. So it's pretty cool. It's just like it all come full circle. I would like I would ask someone to like record that for you just so you have like it on you know like yeah. you're that guy yeah. yeah that's crazy that's wicked yeah. so like where has it taken you so like New Zealand and and yeah. where like where are other places that your career has taken you yeah so I've been to BC a bunch so Vancouver Victoria the island 
Um, been to Halifax a couple times, Calgary, mm. uh, Kingston a bunch, which is not that far, but still. <laughs> hey, it's still a cool place. <laughs> um, I went to Washington last year with the team. We played the pro team. Um, I went to New Zealand, like I said. Been to Florida a couple times. Uh, there's one more. And New York. And New York. So. You have so many bucket list places <laughs> that I want to go to. That's so yeah. wicked. So in total, I think I've done about 13 tours in the last three years, three and a half years. Um, well, damn. <laughs> that, and that is honestly why I love this podcast, because I, I fuel off that energy that is so wicked mm-hmm. that you've been able to do that and experience that. And hopefully that will motivate someone who is listening to, yeah. you know, to, to do that. So do the teams ever mm-hmm. like pay for further like, like education for you? Like, like, do you have to take your first responder or anything like that for those teams? Yeah, so to be with the teams, I have, to have my emergency first responder. Um, my clinic that I work through, we kind of, they teach the course. So that's covered through those kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, so it works out well there. Um, but continuing education-wise, I find it just, I remember taking my very first course reconditioning by uh, Jamie and Scott Livingston, and it just, like, mind-blown. Because um, I found yeah. one of the biggest things that, once you graduate school is that knowledge doesn't come as accessible anymore. Like you got to go on the path to find the information. It's not just handed to you. So just taking a course where you took big pictures and like, how do we work with athletes? How do we look at big pictures? How does breathing affect somebody's deadlift? Um, Simple things like that. And Mm -hmm. that was just like the kickstarter for me to like keep doing continuing education. And I've done reconditioning one and two. Um, I've taken neurokinetic therapy not a massage therapist but i took a massage therapy course um just to understand like yeah skip little pieces i remember there's like 20 people in the class and i'm like everyone's a massage therapist but except for me but a fellow ally health practitioner but it's cool to like mix and mingle with those different groups and it's been a lot of fun just like connecting with different parts of different industries and seeing how our very new kind of field called kinesiology that not a lot of people know about i can kind of kick it around with them throw ideas and provide equal um, perspectives and things it's been a lot of fun big time equality is everything and and you know the more I talk to more healthcare professionals about equality in the field is it makes me feel so much better that everyone agrees like if you have a solid team that everyone values each other and you know when you have to realize or accept that maybe you're just not the right person for that person to get treatment from right mm-hmm. now yeah. but after the game that's you you know what I mean so um mm. that's really that's really wicked that's dope and <laughs> a massage therapy class that's so <laughs> awesome I can't get over that but I, I think it's important <laughs> right education is power yeah. so 100 percent. so do you find like with the athletes or the general public that you do work with are there certain like health mm-hmm. conditions that you primarily see or that's you know the most common mm-hmm. yeah I find that just being in a sports clinic and being that we have a lot of musculoskeletal stuff so yeah, the knee pain, the back pain, the hip pain, shoulders, ankles, all the joints. Um, when we come across concussions and stuff, from a treatment standpoint, there's not much that I can do. From there, I can kind of carry out the rehab process and the return to play, but the diagnosing part is not my uh, cup of tea. So that's where it's nice to have that team dynamic, like you said, where you can kind of bounce ideas and kind of share that caseload so that at the end of the day, the client gets the most, the best treatment and everybody can use their skill set equally to kind of bring that person to where they need to be exactly and then that's why I think it's so important for people to know what to mm-hmm. you know if I say okay go see a kinesiologist they'd be like I don't know what the heck that is <laughs> like, why yeah. do you see that? Like, yeah. you do? so 
um, yeah, yeah, that's definitely important to, to educate the public. So, um, so what type of treatments would you do, for example, for someone like, is mm -hmm. it a lot of manual therapy or is it machines mm -hmm. or what kind of stuff do you typically use? Yeah. So for me, whenever I come across any client, the biggest thing I want to look at is just like, the first question is always like, why did this happen to you? Right. Cause the body has so many mechanisms and ways to adapt to movement. So it's where did you get hurt and why? So I'll start almost every treatment with some variation of a movement assessment. Um, whether it's just general movement, squat, hinge, um, let's see your ability to stack your pelvis over your trunk and see if you control those movements and then taking it sometimes even more sport specific. So one of the more unique clients I'd ever had was a water polo player who had shoulder pain. And Ooh. yeah, that one was a lot of fun because when she's throwing, she has pain, but she doesn't have the ground to push off and create those forces from. So now we have to figure out how do we assess somebody who throws when they don't have the ground to create force from when they're throwing. Hmm. Um, sometimes you gotta get really creative. Uh, in that I bought an iPad so I can, I've been using the app Huddle Technique and it allows me to videotape things in slow motion. So you can kind yes. of see it frame by frame, be like, ah, this right here is your breakdown. And I find that clients get a lot of buy-in when they see like, oh, this is what he's looking at. This is why we're working on my hip when I say that my knee hurts. Um, so we'll start from that movement assessment. We'll do some soft tissue if I need to. So it'll be a stretching, um, any type of manual therapy, some releases. And then from there, it'll turn into a lot of corrective exercises and being very specific and giving people manageable homework because I want to give them like 5,000 things. I'm like, here's all the 80 exercises you have to do. Go do them. It'll be better tomorrow, I promise. But I think over the time I've practiced, <laughs> I've realized that people don't do their homework. Nobody wants to, the majority of people aren't going to do a list of 10 things. So it's been me getting more concise and being, these are the two things that you need to do. And just do these two things twice a day or incorporate it into your life. So it's not just homework. It's like, oh, while I brush my teeth, I do these things. And I find that people get a lot more buy and like, yeah, when I do my whatever exercise, you get a lot better. So my thing is always let's get you moving and then bring you up to where you need to be from there. That's wicked because I, I, I agree 100 percent. Like it's I feel like sometimes I'm I'm talking to like high schoolers and I'm like, OK, make sure you do like these five things every day and yeah. make sure you do them. And then like it, it never happens because when yeah. they come in, they're like you know, I, I forgot the last three or, you know, I, I don't really know why I was yeah. doing those. So like education and all that stuff. Do you, do you use platforms at all to like email them like the exercises or anything like that? Or do you print them out for them or what do you typically do? For me, it was an evolving thing. So it started off as an intern. I like write it down. I'm like, okay, hey, let's level it up. So now I have like, uh, <laughs> can't be writing things down, but now I have like a template that I have on my computer and I'll type up their exercises and I find that some people respond different to different cues so in the description I'll use like brace some people understand brace your core some people understand feel like you're gonna poop your pants I'm like oh so that clicks those words click yes. for different people <laughs> so, so I think true. it's finding those words and giving them those descriptors and be like oh this is what this movement means to me or from there and then giving it to them but I think definitely with things being in lockdown it's been a really good time to kind of reassess how I do my whole process to how do we make it more concise and more get better buy-in from clients and stuff. So now transitioning to how do I take those rehab things and bring them into like an app format or something like that. Yeah. I, I think all therapists hopefully have been doing that, like, you know, creating a better and more efficient way to assess or creating those treatment plans that are the best way to, you know, complete their goals as well. Um, 
but yeah, I, I find remedial exercise is so important. Like I know for sure, like our fields are crucial for the in-treatment, but also it's what they do at home that makes the difference because if you're not doing your, your homework and you come back and see me and you're still the same, then what are we really doing? Like, do you, are you just wanting to hang out? Cause like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like, just here for the social. Yeah. Like what, what yeah. is it? So do you have like a, a time frame typically that you treat someone for like their first assessment versus like their continual assessments or is it all kind of the same? For me, every session and it's our clinics kind of how we operate. So every session is about an hour or so. Um, so the very, if it's a really complex thing, then I'll spend probably the majority of that hour being like, Hey, this is what we're going to do. This is why we're assessing. Um, and then this is the game plan for you moving forward. And then after that, every session will still be in and around an hour and it varies what stage they are, how much soft tissue table times, how much time we're on the gym floor doing exercises. But I'd say 95% of the clients we have get some degree of time on the gym floor to understand like, we got to get you moving better okay yeah that makes sense uh, i i think the hardest thing sometimes is that they always want physical like hands-on treatment but it's like if you do educate them and say like we need a little bit of 50 50 or like 75 percent is movement because i agree like when you're assessing someone on a table and then you get them to do the same movement in like a standing position they're very different so you know or you treat them the whole time on the table and then you get up and they're still in pain it's like okay like we got to figure this out so absolutely so dealing with like the end game for the patient and when it comes to billing and all that kind of stuff do you have a difficulty with like coverage with insurance companies or how does it work for for your business yeah I think that one of the bigger challenges that I've come across in a career like my career is that a lot of people have the mindset of like come to whatever treatment thing for the sake of like I'm in pain I have insurance I want to use my insurance to kind of help me get better. Help me. Yeah, help me. <laughs> yeah. And I'd say like some people have kin insurance, but not a lot do. So my big thing is that I've been trying to provide enough value that the monetary aspect isn't a barrier for you. Um, and one thing that I like in the whole process, I'm like trying to get inspiration from different fields. It's you look at things like Apple, like Apple never goes on sale, but people will buy it all the time and the reason why is because it's a premium product and people get something good out of it so the thing that i've always strived for is like let me give you more value than what you pay for so you always pay for it and won't be like oh i ran out of money i can't come see you and i've found that i've had clients that stick longer because they have they care about their body care about that and it's something that's meaningful to them versus people are like i'm only here because i have insurance they'll come halfway through their treatment plan like you never see them again um so for me it's been how do i now target those people who value movement and value performance and value just a quality of life before they get to the end stage where like oh i'm falling apart and how do i target them and how do i send my message out to them a little bit more absolutely i i couldn't have said it better myself i think i think it's so important you know i i feel energy is a huge thing mm. and you know you know jill i know jill yeah. you always talk about like energy stuff yeah. and you know like energy is everything is. like if you or someone who comes into the clinic and you're like, hi, my name is Lindsay. Like, you know, I'm not really interested in anything about you. I just want to treat you. Yeah, and then you leave yeah. like a huge difference mm -hmm. between someone putting the extra effort in and saying like, okay, this is what's wrong. If you realistically want to get better, this is what we have to do. And I will do my part if you yeah. do yours. And I, I agree a hundred percent. That's wicked. Um, do you find like it's, it's hard sometimes? 
like to, to get that out of people? <laughs> There's, I'd say most clients are good, but you always get the few that are just like, they're like the downers and just like really mopey and just like kind of just like what was me and I think one of my big skill sets is that I can really connect with people across like any age or whatever so it's just kind of figuring like okay like why are you hurting what are you actually looking for because you're telling me that your shoulder hurts but what you're actually saying in your undertone is like you have all these other things going on outside of your life and those things are big stresses so sometimes I'll just let somebody ramble for 15 minutes of that hour and they just say everything they let everything out and I think sometimes part of what they actually needed was just like somebody to hear them out and just like hear all the things that are happening in them oh yeah and then from there it's like hey what do you need me to do what what is your goal and sometimes if you listen to people long enough they'll tell you what they need and then I find that those mopey people that are kind of meh they'll usually come around I can only think of like maybe two or three people and I'm just like I can't work with this person if they're not self-motivated in some way you know it, it is really hard to work with them and then you know, I think sometimes people, and this is why I love making this podcast is because, you know, people think that you're a different type of therapist at the beginning of the treatment and they tell you so much about their lives. And it's not that it's wrong or anything because they feel comfortable with you and they can feel like they can approach you with that kind of stuff. But sometimes it's like, you have to figure out the limit because it's like, okay, I know this much about you and I know that this is going on and I'm, I'm very sorry, but <laughs> we got to figure out like your neck or your shoulder and, and see if it's a, if like something that I can do for you versus maybe a psychiatrist or something. So yeah, I think that's really important. And then when people are looking for therapies and stuff like that, is there something like our, like our association has like a registry almost where you can Google and find like our names and show that we're like legit or whatever do you have something like that with your association where people can find where you would be in your area yeah so if you go to coko.org i think it is so the college of kinesiologists of ontario if you type in there's a spot right at the top that says find a kinesiologist you can click your location you can look by first name last name um so depending on where you are you can type in that and you can kind of see where everybody is what languages they speak where they practice out of um, you can connect with them and find a kinesiologist that works with you. Perfect. Yes, I am mm. so happy that they know that now because yeah. I've gotten that question so many times where I've yeah. had to refer to an athletic therapist or a kinesiologist and they're mm. like, well, how do I know that they're really registered? Mm. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, um, For real? Yeah. you know, with your career so far, because, you know, you've had a solid journey of traveling and experience. Uh -huh. Um, you know, what is something that has been truly a success for you? Like what has been something that you're most proud of with your career this far? On top of all that stuff, I think something that always came back to me is like, I always love coaching and I always love teaching. And this is just like one means of doing that. And one of my big goals for 2019 was any idea that I think of, I want to put 100% of my energy in whatever resources I have to build that thing and see what happens. So 2019 was just like messy energy, just like throw everything at it, see what happens. And in that year, I started my own brand called Malik the Kin. And in that, I really like teaching. So I was like, there's not a lot of resources to help graduating students prepare for the prep or the registration exam that you have to do to become a kinesiologist. So I was like, I wrote the exam. I did well. I've been a good student. And I'm all my friends always came to me when it was like study time. So I'm like, let me put a course together and like teach that thing. And I put it together, put it out. And I've run two iterations of it now. 
um, I'm teaching one version to someone who's in Dubai right now. So it was really cool to just like have this idea of like, I just want to teach. Let me just like put them together and put it out into the universe, see what happens. And that's been a lot of fun to just like, I think it's probably one of my proudest moments is like, it's the first thing that I created from my own. There's no like resources. And then now it's like a growing thing. And every year there's more and more people taking it. So it's pretty exciting. Wow. Holy smokes. That's crazy. I was like, wow, <laughs> that's good for you. That's, that's a huge success. Like, you know, to, to take your knowledge and, and give back almost to the people who are up and coming after you is, is crucial. I, I love that. That's amazing. So, you know, with your career, is there any low points that you've had? Like, have you ever had like a, a tough, say like, you know, how some people experience like November blues, or we have like a, a time frame where we're not as busy as therapists or whichever, like have any recommendations how to kind of spike it back up or bring the interest back into that therapy? I think with any type of practice, whatever clients you work with, you'll always have those flows of like, these are the high times, these are the low times. I know for me, summer is just like crazy because it's like full blast rugby. It's full blast strength conditioning, regular clinic flow. So it's hectic, but when things slow down, I always think that's a good opportunity to kind of come back to like, what's your why? Like, why are you here? Why are you the therapist? What do you value? And when things are slow, I think it's a good opportunity to like double down on your learning. Um, I know that as therapists, we don't do the best self-care, even though we give a lot of care. So even taking that time, <laughs> even taking that time to just like, things are slow right now, but let me take that time to kind of get back to a hobby or just like sleep or just kind of recover. Um, so I think if, as you practice, you realize that the ebbs and flows and they're more or less predictable, except for this COVID thing, nobody oh. saw this. Oh. Thing, but <laughs> there are absolutely no words, like yeah, no, no words. Yeah, no one saw that coming, but I think any opportunity is just, or any state is an opportunity to grow in some way, whether it's super hectic busy and you can grow monetarily and with your client base, or if it's slow with your clients, it's a time to grow you as a person and that's what you bring to your clients. So absolutely. for me, when those times get really hectic, it's just like, come back to me, what do I value? Why did I get back to this? And then that gives me the energy to kind of do more things to prep and go for the next wave yeah <laughs> hopefully it's not the covid wave um <laughs> i think during this whole pandemic if you call it um you know i've had time to really dissect even just my own self-care and my own you know predictions for my future and my career and i i agree it's it's time that people kind of put on the back burner because they don't think it's as important as you know their nine to five job that they're going through right now or whichever it is so um yeah, I, I, w I would take every opportunity you can to, to maximize it. And, um, you know, with your experience with, with rugby and athletes and stuff like that, is there ever going to be like another sport that you'd like to focus on or be interested in doing in the future? I think it's pretty open. Like, I remember my very, when I first started out in rugby, like, rugby is a pretty niche community. I'm like, everybody knows everyone. And my first day, I'm like, I know nothing about rugby. All I know is this is football without pads. And I'm here. Uh, I'm not sure why you're, tackling each other, throwing the ball backwards or lifting each other in the air. But I think I just grew into appreciating it. I'm like a dislocated shoulder is a dislocated shoulder. So I know how to do that kind of stuff. But I think I'm pretty open to any type of athlete, any type of movement. I find it just interesting to see how people adapt and what the advantages are of each sport. And then at the same time, what is the cost of putting your body through that type of movement? So I'm pretty open to anything. One time I came across a race jockey horse jockey and they're so different 
because the positions they have to be in are not anything water polo yeah so you come across that it's like the position that you have to be in for your sport is breaks all the rules of what normal exercise prescription is from like how your feet are to where your knees are to how your back is rounded and that kind of stuff so i think the challenge of understanding a new movement and trying to break it down and make it better will always be something i strive for so if something gets boring it's like well time to pick up a new area to dive into and kind of master that and then keep going forward that's wicked i love your motivation that's dope that's a that's a really good energy to have i like that so with that being said is there is there anything else that you feel that the public should know about kinesiology and what what the next step is for maybe them in booking an appointment mm-hmm. or anything like that yeah so i think that kin is like i said in the beginning kin is just such a unique field that you can do a lot of things but nobody really knows what it is and thing no matter where you are on the spectrum of health and performance whether you're injured trying to get better whether you are in that okay stage but you want to say lose weight or kind of just improve little aches and pains or if you're really at that high percent and you want to take yourself even one percentile higher i think kins can help you in that whole spectrum so check out your local kins if you check out the cko website you can find out where your local kins are my name is malik the kin um, so you can find me on instagram or my website at malik the kin and uh, yeah, get rocking and rolling. Let's get you to your better place. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on this podcast. I really appreciate it. I know everyone else is going to really appreciate it. And that's it for us, guys. Thank you. My latte is done.